and welcome at that time once again, the Patriot Radio News Hour. I'm Joe Jaquin, CEO of the Patriot Trading Group. Happy Monday. I know it's Monday. Monday's always a tough day. Monday, June the 5th, the physical delivery of gold and silver, wealth insurance, legal, lawful, constitutional tender, something that's never gone to zero in over 5,000 years. 800-951-0592. That is our toll-free number of the website at allamericangold.com where you can check out the news to disturb the comfortable videos, articles, you name it. We got it all out there. You can order online. You can check out our medals plan. You can the podcast, the Facebook, the the Twitter. We got it all. Uh, you know, I will tell you, I am worn out. We were, I spent the weekend in California with my oldest son. He was at a uh, football camp. There was something like, I don't know, 40, over 40 colleges there. Uh, he actually won the defensive back competition and, uh, very exciting. A lot of schools uh, talking to him and interested in him, and th- these were mostly uh, smaller, very well thought of schools as far as education goes. And one of the things, one of the schools that was uh, in attendance actually had a a private meeting. Uh, with myself, my son, and a couple of other kids that they were looking at. And I, I will tell you this, they talk about cost on stop. And it, it's it's amazing how expensive all of this stuff really, really is. And, and uh, as this whole process goes, I can't wait to share it with you because it's so, it's so far out of what you would think uh, would be in a lot of these schools. I'm talking, you know, uh, schools like Brown, right, uh, Ivy League schools, uh, small schools, uh, Pomona, which is one of the best small schools in the entire West Coast and everything in between and how much it costs to get an education from, from these places. It's amazing. I, I don't know how people do it. I mean, I, I just don't. I don't know how it's affordable. And when you're talking about, you know, my son's in a unique spot where he's a very good player. And he can play at a lot of places. Uh, the problem is a lot of the places where he could go for free, you know, the, the full-blown scholarship we pay for everything, are schools that we have no interest in sending him to. Right. In other words, the the educate the free education isn't worth the paper that it's printed on. And it was so funny because uh, today I was going through the newspapers in in the Wall Street Journal. They had written in, a guy had written an op ed in in the Wall Street Journal. Uh, Richard Vetter was his name, and they were talking about not only about how much and how expensive school is, but the diminishing returns of a college degree. And in the in 
the article, he used the example of Stanford, right? And all of you, I mean, we know Stanford, right? Great institution. Uh, My son, nowhere close to being good enough to play there. I should say nowhere close, but he's not. He's not good enough to play there. And Northern Kentucky, which I don't know anything about Northern Kentucky, but I'm going to make an assumption that my son could play there. And in the article, they said that the average starting salary from a degree at Stanford, $86,000. I don't know how much Stanford costs. It's not on my son's radar. But I'm going to venture to say it's pretty expensive to go to Stanford. You know, 40, 50, 60 grand a year. The average starting pay for Northern Kentucky University, and again, no offense to Northern Kentucky University, $36,000. And they are talking about the diminishing returns of the college degree. And really, what he was saying is the thing that my wife and I have been learning, which is. There's a big difference between the right degree, which means going to the right school, versus a degree from pretty much the vast majority of the other colleges. And, of course, you can guess the ones that are, you know, affordable. And by affordable, let's just say the ones that cost less than $20,000. And I laugh because for a lot of that's not affordable. But that's, you know, what we're talking about here. The vast majority of those are going to fall into this and the exam, you know, the Northern Kentucky example, which is, yeah, maybe you got a degree, but it really isn't worth anything. And and it's just fascinating because I and it was just you know what for me it was fascinating for me because it pertains to what I'm going through right now, and uh, we we have actually started to look into uh, almost exclusively now schools that ne- don't necessarily offer the athletic scholarship, but schools that are extremely well thought of academically. And it's amazing what they cost. Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll be back after the break. Patriot Radio News Hour, 800 That is our toll-free number. Another terrorist attack in London. And this, you know, it's almost becoming what? almost becoming like, ah, yeah, okay. Right? This one didn't have the the big explosion. Right? This was done with, what, another one of these driving vehicles over people, and and I think they were, what was, I think, I guess it was machetes or whatever they were doing, right? The ni- you know, knife attacks uh, over the weekend on Saturday. And unfortunately, you know what? I think that's right. Get ready. This is how it's going to be now. For how-
how long? I you know that I don't know how long, but it kind of seems like you know this is what's going to be happening. Uh, we did have a few economic reports out today. Uh, really, the only one of any importance uh, was the uh, manufacturing U.S. factory orders. Uh, they were down in the month of April, down two-tenths. Uh, orders for durable goods slumped by eight-tenths of a percent in April. Uh, orders for transportation equipment led to decline, uh, but kind of in line, kind of in line. They were expecting that pullback. And, uh, in, in, you know, we talked Friday, and I guess it's so something that's really kind of on my mind right now which is, you know, the jobs number, because it's really the one piece of economic data that they're relying on. If you go out to the website today at allamericangold.com, the very first article that we have, talking about the process of how they come up with the number. Right? It... It was fascinating, and again, maybe not fascinating for you, fascinating for me. Because I already knew a lot of the information that was in there. Uh, The Bureau of Labor Statistics is the one that comes up with this number. So the first Friday of every month, the government says how many jobs were created. And remember this month, uh, the number was lower than what they were hoping for. But they made massive revision to the types of jobs, right? Huge reduction in full-time jobs, big increase in part-time jobs. Uh, The amount of people not in the workforce, right, hundreds of thousands, like 600,000 people disappeared. And... It really is one of those things, as, as I was going through all the charts and the graphs and, and trying to understand it, it really speaks of, of an age that, that has passed. When I was reading the, the information and how they calculate and how they go about things, you know, uh, they, they claim that they're calling actual companies. And they ask, question and the question is hey how many people are working there today so let's just take a a company and let's just say they had a hundred employees the last time they called them they call them this time and they say hey we got 103 all right great well we'll put you down for plus three what they don't ask is how many full-time employees do you have and how many part-time employees do you have, right? Because that's really the more important question. And the the Bureau of Labor Statistics, and I said they're using a system of a time clock. First of all, they shouldn't have to call any company. Because in the age of computers, they can get this information electronically very quickly 
And I, I say very quick. I mean, you have to pay somebody some money to, to write all the code, but it's, it's available. The other thing that they they talk about is the 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 Bureau of Labor Statistics, and I'm sure the formula was great. I'm sure it was. I'm sure somebody extremely extremely intelligent, ten times smarter than I could ever possibly be, came up with this equation that somehow ex- extrapolates all of these numbers. And one of the things that was interesting is they took one of the reports and they broke it down and said the number could have ranged from negative 50,000 employees to positive 200,000 employees. And then they come out, they got a formula that somehow comes up with a number. But the methodology that they're using hasn't changed. But yet all of us know the workforce and the type of work has changed dramatically. If you go back to the 80s, even the 90s, when these formulas were created, the vast, and I mean the vast majority of jobs we're full-time. So when you call the company and you said, how many employees do you have? If they said 100, you kind of knew, okay, well, you know, this company probably has 85 to 90 full-time workers and 10 part-time workers. And back in the day, and a lot of you will know this, if you've ever run a business or if you've been a, a manager of a business, if you had anything to do with schedules, it was the part-time jobs that you usually had what? All the turnover in, wasn't it? <laughs> right. you, you, it was the kids, it was you know somebody that was uh, maybe, hey, I'll take this job until I get a better one, but it was always those ones that you you had the the musical chairs on. I know as a working in retail, that was always the one. You know where you had all the turnover. If you had a, a business where you you restocked the shelves at night, there was always a lot of turnover there, right? There was always turnover in the you know the baggers or the cashiers, right? That those part time type jobs. There was a lot of turnover in those jobs. The deli counter, right? If you're, hey, I want to pound a turkey or what have you, you know, that's where the turnover was. Today, a lot of these, and I mean a lot, are replacing full-time with part-time. Matter of fact, most of the of the data out there suggests the quote unquote gig economy. Think about Uber, think about Lyft, think about Amazon. Right? Think about what the number one job in America is today. I, I gave this Friday. Do you know that Friday marked a record in government tracking of eighty seven straight monthly gains in one job, in one category. Bar 
bartender, waiter, waitress, server, whatever you want to call that job, is the number one. Matter of fact, it accounts for one in six jobs that have been created since the recession. And this is this is the great jobs economy. So the numbers that we get are almost not worth the paper they're printed on. Because the methodology that the BLS is using hasn't changed to go with what is really happening today. One of the things that I've been telling you, the reason why the jobless claims are so low, you know, every Thursday we get first-time jobless claims, and they keep, you know, using this as an example of why the wages need to start picking up. And why I tell you that's not true, matter of fact, it's a terrible indicator now, because the job market has changed. See, when you work as a contractor, right, and if you work for Uber or Lyft, that's the easiest job I can can give you. You're a 1099 employee. If you decide or they decide that they no longer want you to drive for them or you no longer want to drive for them, you don't get to go down and file for unemployment. You can work there a year. You can work there five years. You don't get to file. And so when you see this, these reductions, you know, now we're talking about 230 to 200, let's call it 220 to 260,000. And they make this big deal. It's been below 300,000 for, and I don't know, for a long time. And these are numbers that we haven't seen since the 70s. And I'm like, that's, Think about it. When you really think about it, there's a hundred million, at least a hundred million more people here. And if we've got that number so low, it's actually because it's it's not a good thing. It's actually a bad thing. And the reason why six hundred thousand people disappeared is because they're not allowed to be there because they don't fit the old methodology anymore. They don't get to apply for unemployment benefits. They don't get 26 weeks. They don't get any of that stuff. So therefore, you know what? They must not count. And I know it, it's hard for a lot of people to, to understand, but this is, a, these are, this is the reality. And, you know, when you start piecing all of these things together, and, and, and really, when you piece it all together, this is really what makes sense, because that fits. When I sit there, and I'm talking to you today, a lot of you out there can say, you know what, that makes sense. Because, you know what, every time they talk about the unemployment rate of being 4.3%, even on the idiot box, they're all like, well, you know, it's not really 4.3, but we're going to say it anyway. If that's not right, why don't we fix it? And the answer is very simple. Because they don't want 
to fix it. Because they know if they act, you know, when you think about why, why would they be calling companies now? I mean, it's 2017. Why not just go right into the Social Security Administration's database and look at payroll numbers? Actual, real time. I mean, we can do it. We have the technology. Right? It's not like we're making uh, the $6 million man here. All of this data readily exists, even a small company like me. When I hire somebody, I do it electronically. Right? I don't fill out now. Now, as an employee, you still fill in some place or some you know you fill it out online now. But a lot of companies want a written copy for their file. But I don't send those written copies to the uh, you know Social Security Administration. I don't do that. My wife comes, I, I, matter of fact, I don't do anything. My wife will come in and set it up electronically. And you, we electronically submit it. But they don't want to, because if they do, they know what, what would happen. It would make the jobs number fit the economy, and they don't want that. Picture Radio News Hour, halftime on a Monday. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, a daily broadcast delivering a conservative pro-family perspective since 1983. As an author, speaker, and the founder of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Mrs. Schlafly spent an astounding 70 years in public service, protecting and defending the Constitution, the unborn, and America's sovereignty. Now, from the Phyllis Schlafly Center Studios, here's Ryan Haidt. If you're a college student, have you registered yet for Phyllis Schlafly Eagles Collegian Summit? It will take place on July 18th, 19th, and 20th in Washington, D.C. And it's free if you register in advance at phyllisschlafly.com. That is, so long as we still have room. Space is limited at this event, and registration is first come, first served. On Tuesday, July 18th, we will go through intensive training with Morton Blackwell's Leadership Institute on how to build your personal brand and marketing and communications skills. We will also get a private tour of the Capitol building with Congressman Steve King after hours. Wednesday, we will hear from several prominent speakers and members of Congress, such as Ralph Reed of Faith and Freedom Coalition, former NFL player Burgess Owens, Representatives Dave Brad and Steve King, Janet Porter of Faith to Action, and so many more. On Thursday, we will continue with speakers and training, as well as another exciting and unusual tour, the Supreme Court. Don't miss your opportunity to take part in this one-of-a-kind program. If you're a parent or grandparent listening to this program, I hope you will encourage any college student in your family to attend. College campuses are overrun with radical left-wing activists today, and the young people in your family need to meet and hear from some of America's leading conservatives in and out of Congress. College students need to be equipped to stand up to radical professors, take the lead in student government, and make a difference on their campuses. The 24th Annual Phyllis Schlafly Collegian Summit will take place on July 18 through 20 at the Heritage Foundation and other special locations in Washington, D.C. It's free to students who register in advance until space runs out. 
I invite college students to take advantage of this special opportunity to strengthen your conservative voice and to network with conservative college students on other campuses in this important time in our country. Go to the website, phyllislafley.com, and register today before space runs out. Do you know a college student expressing frustration with a liberal ideology and anti-Christian propaganda on their campus? Encourage them to join Phyllis Schlafly Eagles and other conservative leaders in Washington July 18 through 20 for the annual Phyllis Schlafly Collegian Summit. The conference is free to students who register at phyllisschlafly.com. That's phyllisschlafly.com. Thanks for listening and join us again for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Welcome back. Our toll-free number, 800-951-0592, and it's the little thing. This isn't the job market you grew up with. It's not even close. The problem is they still use the, the model. That's the job market we grew up in. And, and once you realize that, all the numbers they spit out all of a sudden make sense. 4.3% makes sense. When you realize that most of the... And again, go back. And I know people out there, I know you get it, especially if you were one of those people that had to deal with schedule. All the turnover came in part-time. And I was going to say, you know, and I all is an exaggeration, but that's where the majority of the turnover was. Now, by by the estimates that I see, 33, of, a third now of, of companies, a third of their payroll, part-time. And we've done the numbers, right? We know Almost all of the jobs during this economic recovery are low-wage, part-time jobs or contract. And some of them, you know, listen, some contracts are pay big money, right? You're a computer geek, right? You're a software expert or whatever. You can make big money. You're a consultant, right? You can do all those jobs. Those are those jobs. But the vast majority of them are not. And the thing that they, you know, and I love it because they try to convince you this is what we want. These young kids today, they don't want full-time work. They want their freedom. Like, we didn't want our freedom. Of course we did. We, we worked full-time because that was the only way to what? Put a roof over our head and food on the table. Now they're trying to convince you that this is, this is the new, new economy. This is how people like it now. And here's what they're finding out. They're finding out that it was good for a little bit. But over the long haul, it doesn't work out so well. Right? It's harder than they thought to find that next gig to keep the money rolling in. And then they find out the part that no one told them. 
Oh, by the way, yeah, there's no unemployment benefit for you. Okay. Oh, you didn't know that? Oh, sorry. See, who knows that? These companies know that. It saves them a small fortune. Right? It's what part of the dirty little secret. You don't think, let me ask you this. You don't think Janet Yellen doesn't know this, really? You think somehow that that the the guys that put this report together knew something that Janet Yellen and all of her other Fed governors didn't already know? Right? They, they've got the, Janet Yellen's got the MIT mafia behind them. They know. And yet they keep spitting out the same bull crap. Well, our economic models, our economic models say that wages are going to start picking up because, I mean, look at it, we're at full employment. And yet month after month after month after month, it doesn't happen. And the answer is very simple, right? The economic models are broken because they haven't adapted to what the real real economy is. And really, when you think about it, it's just another way for business to cut costs. This this isn't about you. This is about Wall Street. It's always been about Wall Street. You just haven't figured it out yet. Right? We sit there and, you know, know, stocks are near all-time highs, and they talk about, oh, there's no bubble. Valuations are absolutely ridiculous. But they say, oh, it's okay because rates are so low that it's just a matter of time. Revenue continues to fall almost. I mean, think about it. Even Disneyland. I mean, they're the happiest place on earth. So they say, (laughs) I've been to Disneyland. It's not that happy. Matter of fact, it's pretty stressful. And you know what's so funny? Is it's probably even more stressful. I, I'm actually thankful my kids are old. I hate it. I I hate to see how much it's gonna it's gonna cost me for my wife and I to take my kids to Disney. All right, my kid, my grandkid, right? We you know. Hopefully down the road, in but down the road, no time soon. We're gonna be wanting to take the grandkids to Disney. I, I'm scared to think how much it's gonna cost. Disney parks in North America. <laughs> I don't know how they say North America. I mean, Disney's in the United States. Right? You got Disney World, you got Disneyland, right? There's no Disney. Well, I, mean, I don't know. Maybe there's some little rinky-dink park in, in Mexico or Canada. But anyway, Disney parks North America said attendance has declined last year due to increased ticket prices. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you think? Huh. How's that? But there's only 4.3% unemployment. You would think nobody, ah, big deal. So what? I got a job. 
They said revenue, despite the decline in attendance, revenue was up due to the increased guest spending. Yes, they are just spending like that. Call it what it is, right? Due to the increase in pricing. But you're sitting there and you're looking at this, and this is everybody. Store traffic's down. Right? Disney, the revenue was up, but all the other places, what, revenue's down. Right? They bought back their stocks, and even that now, they don't really, you don't really hear about a lot of stock buybacks anymore either. And you're starting to think about, wait a minute. First, they took away our pension. Right? Remember, the people that invented the 401k were like, what? This was never supposed to be your retirement? And the vast majority of you, if you've ever seen the commercial with those people walking around with the millions of dollars, are like, I don't even have 50000 How do these people get a million? Yeah, because it was never meant for that. Talk about that next. Eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. That is the toll free number. Put away some gold and silver if you're smart. You're starting to watch all. It's all starting to unravel, <laughs> right? They're starting to run out of. I don't even. I mean, what would they? I guess if this economic model keeps up. What are they going to do when they say the unemployment rate's like 2% and it's still not working? And you're sitting there and you're starting to think about the whole shift that they did, right? Oh, yeah, these kids, they don't want a full-time job. No, they all want to live in a tiny house and drive all over the country and, you know, live life. Yes. That's more important. Of course, no one tells you you can't live life without any money. Right? These same jobs, there's no benefits. Right? No benefits. Sign up for your free Obamacare. Right? Well, you can. Right? Let the government pay for it. There's no unemployment benefits. There's no 401k. I mean, really, you think about the drop in these uh, stock volumes. That's another one I didn't even think about. Just thought about it right now. You don't get a 401k with those jobs. Right? These companies love it. How do you think it is they're still reporting these great profits? Well, they're not, but they're good. They're not horrible. Right? First, we knew what they were, what, buying back and refinancing all their debt with the lower payments. Right, because they dropped interest rates down to nothing. They robbed us again. Right, allowed all these big businesses to refinance and allowed you to get robbed. Then they went and told you that, yeah, you don't want a full-time job. Who wants a full-time job? Nobody wants a full-time job. We got all these great part-time jobs out there. They want to, and now you got more time to do stuff. I don't know how you're going to afford to do the stuff, but you got the time. 
Right now, not everybody knows. I mean, how many people do you know really now that's doing more than one job? I mean, it's a it's been a fundamental shift. We went from the one income household, largest middle class population in the history of the world with one person working, right? The, well, I'll call it the traditional household. Dad went to work, mom raised the family, right? And you stuck it out. No matter how miserable you were, you stuck it out, right? I mean, that was that was how it was. Right? If you were divorced, it was like you were like walking around with the scarlet letter. Right? Now, I'm, the, the only, I'm like a, a, a rare breed. I've only been married one time. Right? And I'm still married. But we went from the one-person working household where we had the largest segment of middle class as far as the percentage of the population to both people working. And a lot of times, at least one of those people, if not both of them, working more than one job. And yet we have a shrinking percentage of people staying in the middle class. Right? And all the while, what is what is business? Right? The pensions are gone. Hey, we got to this great 401k. And listen, for some people, it's worked out. Right? And for the, you know who the people it's worked out? The people that made a lot of money. Listen, I made a lot of money. I did good. And you know what? I was good with my money. Right, and I maxed it out, and I maxed it out for decades. Yep, you did good. Of course, most of it you did good with was your own hard-earned money. But for the vast majority of people, it hasn't worked out very well. They've had to borrow because they got laid off. They borrowed against it to try to save their house. They did all that. I mean, the money's not there. It didn't work. All of the things that they've done to, to sell us this bill of goods was to fatten Wall Street profits, right? And in return, we were all going to become wealthy by owning the stock market. I mean, that was going to be the trade-off. So it's like the pensions. Why are all these pensions going broke? Right? We talked like how the state of Illinois, the state of Illinois now is right. It's junk. Well, it's one notch above, but it's junk, trust me. It's because when they made all of these deals with how are they going to handle it, right? They, like anything else, right? They wanted to what? They keep wages down and we'll give you better benefits down the line type stuff. Because their Wall Street bankers told them what? Oh, yeah, you're going to get 8% a year. I mean, look at, I mean, of course we're going to do that. Right? Now they celebrate. I mean, like I said, the Dow's up 8% this year. 8. Gold's up 10. 
and and the realities are as if Wall Street keeps her gold going with it. And and I quite honestly, I don't think it will. You know, can we get to twenty five thousand? Maybe. But we are in what I call the stagflation economy. The economic models just haven't caught up to it yet. Which is everybody works less. Everybody gets paid less. But yet everything costs more. Patriot Radio News Hour, final segment coming up. Final segment, Patriot Radio News Hour, 800 951 zero five nine two and you know you start thinking about why is it the economic model hasn't changed and you think that what the bls doesn't know that this is the gig economy right i mean we've all seen it they 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 brag about it but they brag yes this is the gig economy no one works full-time. No one actually works for a company. You're your own boss. And and now you have these data points that mean nothing. Yet they act like they're, they're great. I mean, they still do. You know, the, the jobs number comes out on Friday, the idiot box, right? CNBC, they got, they got their whole panel. All these economists and commentators and business owners, right? They're all going to give their two cents about why. What a great number. That's great. America first. Yeah. Well, America first. Matter of fact, it's the exact opposite. It's big business first. Everybody else gets nothing. And then they make excuses as to why it is that the rest of it doesn't add up, right? And when they already know this, they know. And then you think, who's buying it all? Nobody. Look at the volume. Do your own work. Look at it. And they can't see bubbles and all that. I mean, come on. Right, and you, you look at housing, right? The sales are falling. They get, oh, there's no houses out there on the market. There's houses everywhere. Drive down the street. There's houses for sale. Right, they're building houses all over the valley. What do you mean there's no there's houses? No one can afford to buy them. With their gig, their gig jobs. Quick look here at the market. Uh, the Dow really doing nothing. The Dow, the S&P, the NASDAQ pretty much unchanged. Uh, gold's up a couple bucks, 1270, 1279 1280 Silver's up $0.05, cents, uh, $17.57. I really don't have a special today. I uh, didn't have a whole lot of quantities. I do. There's a handful, about $15, dollars uh, Indians out on the marketplace. They're $255 if you're looking for uh, some fractionals. Uh, 
I, I do have U.S. $10. Uh, these are going to be XF Liberty, so you're going to go up a couple grades. Uh, same price as a raw one at six ninety five. At eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two, that is our toll free number. And you're really you got to get you got to start getting ready again. I mean, we're really kind of uh, in the in the last gasp here of data manipulation. I mean, they're all, I mean they're at that point of no return. How much lower can the unemployment rate go before someone says, "Okay, this is just complete BS"? Now we gotta, we gotta live with what the realities are. Patriot Radio News Hour. Hope all of you have a great rest of your day, and and I'll, I'll be back tomorrow. We'll do better. Everyone, take care. Have a great day.